Hello, and welcome to Sundays at Coastal. This week we change things up a little bit, and I get to preach. My name is Joe Ramirez, and I'm the Minister of Communications here. I shared a sermon titled, Anchored in Hope, from Psalm 130. Each week, we say that we believe there is hope beyond our brokenness. It's a key pillar to our mission here at the church. What does hope look like for us as we navigate through the ups and downs of life? Do we just stay optimistic and bring good things into existence? Is it our job to manifest our own blessings? True hope can only be found in God and is anchored in His promises for us. In His mercy, we have been given a living hope through our Savior, Jesus, and that is something that will never let us down. If this is your first time here today, I'm sorry you're stuck with me. I'm only joking, but I think today should go fine, and if it doesn't, I'll find a new job next week. But I think, I think we'll be okay. Um, man, how about those waves this last weekend? Did you guys see any of that? Was that like a metaphor for life, how quickly just disaster can come and sweep you away? It was pretty crazy. I was watching videos of like trailers just sweeping out into the ocean. That was, <laughs> no worries. So all joking aside, we believe in three things here. And it's important that we keep these things in the focus, and so we declare them each week. So the first one is hope beyond our brokenness. Um, that's actually what I'm going to be focused on today in today's sermon, so I'm going to skip over that for the moment. The next one of those is trust in our risen Savior. And so that comes because we have a living Savior, Jesus, who's active in our lives every single day if we will allow him, if we invite him. Uh, next for that is restoration for our community. And that's something I've been able to witness and see you guys do through your immense generosity all year long. And not only have I observed it, I've experienced it firsthand. And I'm so thankful for you guys and just the love that's here. And even as Kurt has mentioned, the vulnerability that's here, I mean, it's, it's transformative. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So these beliefs bring all of us to a decision that we get to make each and every day. So if you'd like to make the decision to be part of God's glorious work, repeat after me. Today, I choose to be changed by Jesus. I choose to seek Jesus first, and I choose to join Jesus in his resurrection work. Okay, so now that we're all on the same page, can I have permission to share with you guys and speak to your heart of hearts? Would that be okay this morning? Yes. Sweet. That was the right answer. <laughs> so let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now. Father, I'm so thankful for this family that I have here at this church. Lord, I'm thankful that we get to gather, that we get to worship and lift up your name this morning, Lord. We just, we pray against anything that would come against uh, the message this morning, Lord. We bind up confusion, we bind up calamity. Any issues with tech or whatever, Lord, we send all that to you to be judged, Father. And we just welcome your spirit to come and dwell with us right now and to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, we made it through a whole year. We got to the finish line. I just got a text from my daughter. She's in Thailand, so it's next year already right now. Uh, so she said, you know, Happy New Year's, Dad. Um, what a crazy time. She uh, video called me like a week ago. It's midnight here. I think it was 3 in the afternoon there. And she's like, I'm riding an elephant, Dad. Check it out. And I'm just, I'm laughing because she's in Thailand video calling me on an elephant. Like, what a time to be alive. Um, tomorrow we all start fresh, right? It's a new beginning. We get to start over. 
somehow all that motivation and discipline that we've never ever had before, we're gonna have tomorrow. <laughs> At the stroke of midnight, the fairy godmother comes, taps you, you kiss whoever you're gonna kiss, and then boom, we're living our new life, right? That's, that's what New Year's does for us. Or maybe not. Perhaps I'm only speaking to myself, but in 2024, we're gonna say goodbye to the dad bod, we're going traveling, we're gonna live our best lives, right? How many of you guys have big plans for a New Year's resolution? None of you, you're gonna stay the same. I got one, perfect. How many of you are just hoping to make it through today? There we go, there we go. You know, it's interesting, time is linear. It's just gonna to continue to go on and on, but on January 1st, it's like this natural stopping point where we can kind of pause and like start over. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played video games, but in Super Mario World, there was always like a halfway point. And if you got there and you weren't happy with how things were going, you could click a couple buttons and start over and try to do what you were doing. So that's what January 1st is for us. It's like we get to pause. And you get to look at the past year and see where you've come. And you get to look into the future and look at where you would like to go. And often, despite what's been going on, we can feel very optimistic about the future. And you hear people say, this is my year. I'm bringing new energy with me this year and I'm leaving the old stuff behind. Um, other times, we're in the midst of trials and they aren't ending. And it can be the same stuff, just a different day. And next year will be more of the same. Regardless of where you happen to be right now, I'm hoping that I have some words that will encourage you. So when we say that we have hope beyond our brokenness, what exactly does that mean? And that's what I want to dig into today. As we enter into this new year and we look out into the future, the most important thing you can have is hope. The best part of that is it's not dependent upon a particular day of the year you can have a refill of hope each and every day. So first off, let me tell you what hope isn't. Hope is not optimism. I want you guys to say that with me. Hope is not optimism. That is right. Optimism is about choosing to see in any situation how circumstances could work out for the best. Now don't get me wrong, optimism is a good thing but it's based purely on what might happen. It's not anchored in anything. In other words, you can be optimistic about any situation you face, but that doesn't impact how anything will unfold. I'm a Lakers fan. It's hard to be optimistic right now. And I can be optimistic that we're gonna win a championship this year, but that doesn't mean anything. Based on last night's game, it's probably not gonna happen. But biblical hope is based on a person. It's based on God. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often, often recognize that there's no evidence that things will get better. And yet they choose hope anyways. Noah's just floating in a boat for months. The Jews are slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then they're captives in Babylon. Where do Noah, Moses, and the prophet Isaiah find hope? How can someone look 
see no evidence of change, but still be hopeful. In the Old Testament, we see two words that are used for hope. I don't speak Hebrew, so I'm going to mess these up. The first is yachal, and it literally means wait. That's what it means. The other word is kava, which also means to wait. And it's related to this word kav, which means like a cord, like a strand. And when a cord is stretched and it's under tension, that's what the word kava refers to, is that tension or expectation that you experience in uncertainty. So when you're in a hard situation, or you've made a bad choice, and now you're dealing with the consequences, or someone else wrecked your life and you have to pick up the pieces, it's in those moments that you wait on the Lord. That's where you find hope. So your hope is anchored in who He is and the promises that He has made. So let's look at what hope beyond our brokenness looks like in the scriptures. We're going to look at Psalm 130. I'm going to read the whole thing and then we're going to break it up. So here we go. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of my sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Next slide. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait in the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. So let me have you put on verse 1 through 4 next. In those first four verses, the psalmist is calling out to God. They feel like they're drowning and just screaming for help. And as I think of the waves this weekend and how quickly that can sweep in, you can just feel overwhelmed in a moment. It doesn't take this long buildup. Literally, life changes like that sometimes. There's hesitation in the voice of the psalmist because of their sins. They know that they're unworthy. They know that they've done wrong. They've made mistakes. So let's just get this out of the way right now. We've all sinned, okay? We sin all the time. Now, I'm not saying that we're actively trying to mess up, but it's just part of the human condition of the fallen world. And that's where hopelessness can creep in, that we can't earn our salvation, we can't save ourselves. And here in this psalm, we're presented with two truths. We sin, and God forgives. So let's stop right here for a moment and pray off a few lies. Is that okay? Your sin has not taken you beyond God's forgiveness. You are not beyond his mercy. And he actually wants to forgive and restore you. He wants to bring you out of your brokenness. So if you guys can read this with me, we're going to pray that off right now. I reject the lie that my sins are too big to be forgiven. I reject the lie that God doesn't want to give me his mercy. I accept the truth that all of my sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And I accept the truth that God wants to heal the brokenness in my life. Woo! Okay. We're getting ready to step into this new year. So here we are in the midst of our brokenness. And we've decided to cry out to God. 
We know that he forgives. But now what do we do? This is where the hope comes into play. And we look at the rest of the psalm in verses 5 through 8. The author is going to wait on the Lord and put his hope in God's word. That is what hope beyond our brokenness looks like. The author doesn't look at the situation around him and decide that he's just going to be optimistic. He looks at God and he decides that he's going to place his hope there. He looked to God's word and decided that's where his hope should be. We can look to the Bible and we can see God's faithfulness. It was God who parted the Red Sea to bring Israel out of Egypt. It was God who made the floodwaters recede for Noah. And it was God that brought Israel out of Babylon and back to the promised land. And it's God that gave you his son to pay for your sins. I love these next two lines. It says, I wait for the Lord more than the night watchman for the morning. And it's repeated. It's almost like it's a typo. Why is it here twice? It doesn't, it doesn't read right when you're reading it. But it's been put there to really make you pause. What is the picture that's being painted there? The night watchman is in the darkness. There's no sun. It's cold out. But they know that the sun will rise. They know that it will bring a new day and warmth. So each night, no matter how dark and how cold, they wait on the rising of the sun. Now God is more reliable than the sun. He created it. That's who you put your hope in. That's where you stay anchored. And as the psalmist continues, within him, God, is unfailing love. There's full redemption. And God himself will redeem you from all of your sins. And so each and every week, when we proclaim that we believe that there is hope beyond our brokenness, that's what we are putting our faith in. It's not us. It's not our circumstances. It's not anything but the promises of God. Amen. So this last year has been one of transition for me. I've been figuring out how to be a single parent, which means I had to learn how to cook. I have to thank my mom for recipes. I'm going to give you a quick insight into the Hispanic culture. They don't measure anything. So I'd be like, Mom, I want to make rice. How do I make rice this week? She'd be like, well, you just pour in the rice and some oil and heat that brown a little bit. You're going to add some tomatoes. I'm like, but how much? She's like, well, well just enough for how many you're cooking for. I'm like, that doesn't help, Mom. Like, I don't... There's four of us. How much for four? And she's got no... So I figured it out, and I can make rice now, and I don't measure either, but we're getting there. I think this, I'd like to say that I'm doing okay with my cooking. My kids might give you a different story. I, I'd say I'm a solid 3.9 stars on Yelp, but the barbecue is five stars for sure. Like you guys have tasted that. I've always been a hard worker for, for most of my adult life. I've usually had at least two jobs. That's just what was needed to pay the bills. And this past year, for the first time in a long time, I've only had one job. It's allowed me to be focused on myself and my family. I've been able to be present for those uh, that depend on me with very little distraction. And I'm thankful for that, I truly am. There have been a lot of really good moments and there have also been some really hard ones. For various reasons, I've had a lot of financial struggles this year. 
Uh, there have been times where I haven't had money to put gas in my vehicles. There's been other times where I couldn't buy groceries. And there, when, you're, when you're wondering how you're going to provide for yourself and for your family, you can feel hopeless. And it can put you into a dark spiral real quick. Once I came home to a three-day notice on my door. It said, pay rent or get out. And that one broke me. In the weeks before, I had begun looking for a second job. I focused inward. I went back to my old habits of just putting my head down and getting it done. If it meant sacrificing sleep or my health, it would be worth it. Because that's what I had done for years. I sacrificed myself under the false impression that I was my family savior. I wasn't then and I'm not now. So on that particular Monday, I was supposed to go to barbecue for a gathering at Andy's house. I was, I was wrecked, but I put on my I don't give a you know what face and I went to his house anyways. I was in such a foul mood and it must have been showing a lot more than I thought because Deb began to pester me about what was going on. I said nothing, everything's fine. Um, See, when you believe the lie that you have to save yourself, you can't tell anyone that you need help. Um, Deb continued to grill me, and I finally broke down, and I told them what was going on. I told Andy that I was looking for a second job and my plans to fix everything. I had it all worked out. And it was during that conversation that I began to realize I had never fully trusted the Lord before, and I had never fully trusted my friends before. I had just believed in me, and I wasn't enough. So instead, after a lot of belligerent questions from Deb, <laughs> I let down my walls, and I allowed my friends, and more importantly, God to come to my aid. I cried out like the psalmist did. So my hope is no longer in my ability to work more or to hustle on the side, my hope is found in the promises that God will be faithful to provide. Amen. So I still can't afford a cruise on the French Riviera, <laughs> but the rent is paid, the bills are covered, there's food in the house, and God even blessed us with this really cool English bulldog last month. His name's Reggie. <laughs> He's like my spirit animal. He'll play really hard for 20 minutes and then sleep all day. <laughs> it's, it's great. And even though there are still trials and struggles, and I mess up, I have hope knowing that God is faithful and he will redeem me. So we can, can we pray off one more lie before we move on? Let me get the next slide. I reject the lie that I play the role of savior and I have to save myself or my family. I accept the truth that Jesus is my savior and he will be faithful to save myself and my family if we cry out to him. Woo! I needed that one. Okay. Would you guys like your hope anchored in the promises of God? And now if you act now, you can have your hope upgraded to a living hope free of charge. Would you like to know the details of this offer? Okay. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, 
He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So when Jesus came and died for you, he upped the ante. Do you guys remember back in the 90s when you can order a bucket of fries? That's when they first introduced the idea of like supersizing your meal. So that's what happened to hope when Jesus was raised from the dead. He supersized it. If you remember back in Psalm 130, when the psalmist writes about God's mercy. So we see it here again. In his great mercy, God gave us a new birth into a living hope. It's been supersized for each and every one of you. So what does that look like? It means you have unlimited access to the throne room where you can go and ask for forgiveness, to be healed, to have your broken heart restored any time that you'd like. Day or night, 24-7, you can have that living hope restored. In Romans 8, Paul writes that all of creation is frustrated by the decay and death in this world. And Paul says that creation hopes that it'll be liberated from the bondage of death and decay. Later in verse 23, Paul writes that we groan inwardly as we wait for our adoption into sonship and redemption of our bodies. It's in this hope that we are saved. And again, here is this relationship between waiting and hope. So let me try and wrap this up with a nice bow. Hope is not going to fix your financial situation. It's not going to fix mine. It's not going to fix that relationship, and it's not going to get you the new job. God is not a genie, and he's not a vending machine. Hope will allow you to wait patiently on the promise of God. And what is that promise? That one day, God is going to restore all of creation and draw us into him, where we will live with God, we will work alongside God, and we'll experience the full glory of his love. You will be counted as sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You will rule all of creation together with God. And that is the grand hope beyond our brokenness. Amen. So in the stillness of the night, when it's dark and cold, wait upon the rising of the sun like the night watchman. Wait upon the great mercy of our Lord because God himself will redeem you. So the next time that I preach... If there's a next time. <laughs> we'll dig into the trust in our living Savior. I love you guys. I'm so thankful to be part of this family here. Um, the experiences that I've had being at this church, the encouragement. I don't know if you guys know, like every Sunday at least one person says like, good job, Joe. And that means the world to me. It really does. <clears throat> you guys, I've just seen God work in amazing ways in this church this last year. And he's anchored my heart in the hope of his mercy. It's held me steadfast despite chaos instead of feeling lost and adrift. And I felt joy and love and life. You have all been such an important part of that and I can't express my gratitude enough. So, that's what I have. I think we did okay. You guys are more than welcome to hang out and keep snacking, but first, can you guys rise for the benediction? Yes. Sweet. Good job, Joe. Thank you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you.
May the Lord lift up his countenance that is his delight in you and give you peace that passes all understanding. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you, you guys. Have a wonderful new year. Enjoy this food. We love you guys. Come on up if you guys would like prayer. And I thank you guys. Joe Ramirez is the Minister of Communications at Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 1040 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thank you and have a great day.